Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is going on, everybody? It is the last Tuesday in June. We are starting to get much, much closer to some of the casuals jumping in these drafts. We probably got one more month of battling amongst each other, and uh, then the fresh blood comes in. So until that happens, why don't we talk about some player values and then draft a best ball mania team? Let's get it. the absolute best part of that intro right there is as i was introing something flew into my eyeball and now i can't see so i'm going to be john claude van damming and blood sporting this entire draft so we're probably gonna draft the worst team of all time so definitely gonna be positive ev when we jump into the draft lobby but before we do that i wanted to hit on like maybe one two players that we're maybe undervaluing in terms of where they're going right now some of them are a little bit higher on the draft board than others but for me i'm starting to look at these players and i'm like these guys have like really big upside and i understand why they're valued you know down the draft board where they are but maybe maybe we take too much time to group think is one word that i would say and the other thing is we get really hopeful on very specific situations um, that we want to happen every year. And the team never looks at it the same way we look at it. Derek says that eyesight is overvalued when drafting. Correct. I will probably draft a better team without being able to see it. But, you know, for one, one situation that we've done this for, it feels like 50 years now, is that Dallas Cowboys backfield, right? 
all of us want Tony Pollard to get the role and to break out and to be the guy in Dallas. When has Dallas ever wanted that? When have they ever shown that that's what they want to do with that backfield? Never. But year after year, we sit here and we're like, all right, we're going to take Tony Pollard because if anything happens to Zeke, if anything, we watched him like cart himself out in a wheelchair onto the field just so that he wouldn't lose his job last year. So I'm not saying we're overvaluing Tony Pollard. My point more so is maybe we need to, you know, we're hoping for certain situations, but maybe we need to look at some of the realistic situations that's going on out there. And for me, one of the guys, we've talked about him a few times on Spike Week. Bime 4 has been stealing my take on this, so we're probably going to fist fight at some point. He's got me doing some stuff for some streams coming up that um, it's not going to go well for me. But it is what it is. Anyways, Cam Akers, we're taking him in the fourth round right now, which is still like pretty high draft capital, all things considered. And we're usually talking about that being the running back dead zone. But Cam Akers got injured early last year. It was a first-round pick before he got injured. Gets injured. Should be out for the whole season, right? Like, that guy should not have been back on the field. He comes back. Looks like he shouldn't have been back on the field. And so now people are, like, holding that against him. And what we're overlooking is we know they want this guy on the field most of the time. Like, it looks like they want him in a three-down role a lot of the time that the offense is on the field. And also, the Rams are going to be one of the best offenses in the entire football league, like in the entire National Football League. The Rams are going to be top five, most likely, offense. I mean, you're not going to bet against that, right? So now we're talking about a potential three-down back, and even if he's just a two-down back and Daryl Henderson takes the third-down work, Whatever, like the high opportunity he's going to get in this offense is crazy that we're not taking him higher. And maybe it's something we should be looking at doing a little bit more. I've been trying to do it a little bit more. I mean, I still try to grab him in the fourth because that's where you can get him and maybe I can get him at value, but maybe taking him in the third, maybe him being the second guy in your, you know, hyper fragile teams or whatever type of build you want to do, you could probably build Cam Akers around that. So that's one of the guys that I want to talk about. The other one's another running back. So just to continue with this narrative of the things that we want versus what the coaching staff wants to do is that New England backfield. We all want Ramondre Stevenson to break out. Hell, I'm a New England Patriots fan. I love Ramondre Stevenson. I want him to be the guy. And just everything tells me that it's not going to be this year, um, barring injury. And everything's always barring injury. So, you know, I'm trying not to say that. But, you know, if they stay healthy, I think Damian Harris is going to be the guy there. And you're getting him so late that if you want to do some sort of, like, weird um, hyper-fragile build where Damian Harris is your third, it's probably fine, Right. If you start running back, running back, and then you start hitting other spots, and then you try Damian Harris and, you know, the eighth, ninth round, wherever he's going at this moment, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but somewhere in that wheelhouse, and he's your third, are you really upset about Damian Harris being your third? If you're on the Ramondre Stevenson narrative, I guess maybe, because that's what you really want. But, like, when you're drafting that one specific team, 
it goes back to drafting like you're right. So for that specific team, when you're drafting Damian Harris as your third back, he should theoretically be good enough to make it so that you can draft a hyper-fragile team, and you're probably getting him at the best cost of any running back in the draft. Devin Singletary comes to mind. That situation honestly feels a bit more murky to me. Unless Damian Harris is somehow moved, I think Damian Harris is the clear back that's going to get more work in New England than Ramondre Stevenson. Now, he's going to still get work. We just know how that New England backfield works in general. But Damian Harris, for me, is a guy that I'm just absolutely going to start smashing a little bit more than I have been because I haven't been taking him that much. And as I draft, I kind of pick up on these guys. Um, also, what are you guys doing on DraftKings? Why is Garrett Wilson going so much further back than he is on on um, Underdog? Garrett Wilson's like the easiest smash for me right now of all time on DraftKings. He's going behind guys that I just have no interest in drafting. So I'm just like, yep, I'll take Garrett Wilson as my sixth wide receiver. Thank you. And then I move on. And that's what I do over there. Um, in terms of quarterbacks, I'm trying to think if Russell Wilson fits into this narrative or not, because we're so big on this Denver offense. You know, Sutton's really shot up the board. Judy's dropped a little bit behind him. But we're still taking both of those wide receivers relatively high, both ahead of Russell Wilson. We're still taking Javante Williams high. We're taking um, Tim Patrick relatively high. We's a tough word because I'm not really doing too much of that. But we're taking Tim Patrick. People love K.J. Hamler. And, oh, Alberto is going, you know, not as a top tight end, but he's going in that wheelhouse where you can build a team as – having him as your number one. So are we undervaluing Russell Wilson a little bit is something I've been thinking of. If we are, it's probably only by a round. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him shoot up around uh, in the next two weeks, three weeks, maybe something like that. Uh, David said, this is your best take of the off season so far. Well said, which one specifically the Ramondre or all of them. I think all my takes are right. Just by the way. No, but thanks. Thanks for tuning in, David. Um, so these are just some of the guys that I'm thinking of in this wheelhouse. And it's like the other thing I want to talk about that at some point, not right now, is when we're talking about value in tight ends, where are we drawing the line at a two tight end build? Because there's some guys that I'm not, you know, I'm fine with doing a two tight end build if I get Alberto and Robert Tonyan. Like, I'm still fine. Like, it's not, like, my number one go-to, but I'm fine with that. I'm almost fine if I get, like, Albert Owen, Evan Ingram. If, you know, depending on the way my team's constructing, I don't – I just don't hate it. I don't feel like I need a third at all times. I understand the proposition of you want more tight ends that when you're drafting them that far back in the draft because of just the way the position works and everything. But, like, for me, some of these guys, if I get the two that I want – in that aspect, especially if I'm doing some Trevor Lawrence stacks and I can get Ingram on the back end. I don't know, man. Like, I don't feel the need to draft a third. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but that's kind of where I'm at with that. So we can start a best ball mania draft. And as we're doing that, we can talk a little bit more about this. Is there any guys that you've been noticing in this in these drafts that are kind of like really undervalued? Um or that you think like 
or just group thinking and and wishing more so than anything for them to be a thing where everything's telling us that it's not one of the uh not going to be the situation so let's jump in the best ball mania draft 30 second picks you guys scared me last time i know i'm on the right thing oh and we're going to be waiting for 10 beautiful so probably should have jumped in this a little bit earlier but yep we need eight more to do this best ball mania draft um let's just start scrolling how about that how about we start scrolling through some names and we stop and see if there's anyone devonta smith is another guy I mean, I've been on Devonta Smith all year. Obviously, he was like one of my big picks before A.J. Brown was someone that I was talking about. But I still love him. I'm getting him in like the seventh round sometimes. And he's kind of a tear break for me. So I think he's a great value. I'm not getting him every time because I'm doing a lot of different Eagles combos. And for me, Jalen Hurts, I'm not double stacking so much. I'm single stacking guys like Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. I just... I've been over that. I don't really need to get into that too much more unless someone really is looking for that. Um, so David says, generally wishing for something to be a thing with little evidence. Yes, that's, that's kind of my point. Like, there's plenty of things I wish would happen in the NFL for fantasy. Um, it's just, it doesn't happen. Like, we also, like, reverse wish stuff on people. Like, just looking at this list, Adam Thielen, we're just – Everyone's like, well, the touchdown regression is coming. The regression's coming. The regression's coming. The regression's coming. And yeah, eventually you're going to get that right. Just like the Tom Brady cliff thing. They've been saying that for 10 years and it hasn't happened yet. And they're going to continue to, you know, bang that drum this year. And it might be right this year. And then they're going to all claim victory on it. But the thing is, is like, I don't, I don't draft enough Adam Thielen probably. And there's probably certain builds that Adam Thielen really fits into that. I should be looking at more. So if I'm doing hyper fragile and then I'm taking a tight end and a quarterback early, Thielen probably makes a lot more sense to grab than some of the other like high upside rookies and stuff around him that I should be grabbing. And I, and then I grab the high upside and, you know, if I hit great, but you know, he's like, um, he's like Jarvis Landry. I don't like drafting Jarvis Landry. You probably don't like drafting Jarvis Landry, but we should probably be looking at him on specific builds and we undervalue that sometimes. So we just need two more for this best ball mania. Well, three now people, people got scared to draft for me. They knew that I was coming. I was coming for the winner this week. Um, Dak's probably a quarterback that we're undervaluing a little bit. He continues to slide down and I don't, I don't really draft any Dallas Cowboys, which is probably a big problem. And it's something I need to evaluate and see what I want to do with that team. But I am not drafting. I'm not even drafting Schultz. And I know a lot of you guys are drafting Schultz. But I usually either already – Schultz is like this point for me in the draft with tight end that I either already have a tight end or I'm like, well, I can push it a little bit. And I'm fine with pushing it to, you know, all the way down here to, God, Cole Komet. Tunyon, Albert O, Hunter Henry. I actually like that little area of tight ends. So I don't hate getting them as my one or my second sometimes. Um, who else? Who else do we want to look at while we're waiting for one more person? Guys that were undervaluing. It was MVS for a while, but 
he's kind of been skyrocketing up in drafts, so we can't bring him up. Um, yeah, man, like the tight end position stuff, just because of how that position is overall. There's guys that I like in this back end, but I don't think we're undervaluing them. Like I clearly like KJ Osborne just for very specific reasons, but I don't want to really grab him too much higher than he is right now by any means. There, there's guys that are going to rise up the board in the next month too. God, these injuries, when these injuries hit, we are going to cry. We are going to cry so hard when some of these injuries come in in the next month or two once training camp opens. Um, there's also guys that are undervalued right now that are the easy ones, which are the wide receivers that aren't on teams right now. So, you know, you got Odell. His ADP is 200. Odell's probably going back to the Rams somehow. Probably going to pick up after, you know, six, eight weeks. And he's already got the rapport with Matt Stafford. And he's going to have some games. And where you're drafting him, what do you need? Two games out of him? You need him to be in your starting lineup like two or three times when he's your 17th or 18th round pick. So as soon as he gets re-signed with the Rams, how many rounds is he jumping up? So I'm grabbing my Odell shares now. Um, so we are full. We're going to be drafting from the 107, which is like the worst, but that's fine. We'll, we'll deal with it. We'll survive. We will survive. Anybody heard any good songs this week? Also, I should probably... Uh, zoom in quite a bit, right? How's that? How are we feeling about that? There we go. So yeah, we got the draft board up. We are drafting from the seven spot. And I think that's one thing that as you're drafting, and I don't care what format it is. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not doing the Puppy Superflex. I think it's a great tournament. I think people that want to do it, by all means, go after it. I'm just trying to get my shares of Best Ball Mania. I'm trying to max that $5 DK tournament as well. Uh, I'm trying to get more on drafters as well, get some more of the, more of the drafter stuff done. So I'm like, I don't want to mess my brain up. We got Jamar Chase going second, which is fun. I don't want to mess my brain up like looking at super flex drafts and just like scrambling my brain for a few weeks while I'm trying to figure that situation out. So all the power to you. I don't even hate the tournament. Is I have nothing against it. I think it's great that underdogs doing different things. I just I've made a conscious effort to sit this one out and tried to get more entries in the DK one, get more entries on drafters. Drafters of that $2 and $22 tournament that, you know, what a great value on that. So I'll be firing some more of those coming up. Um, but I'm a little behind. Oh, my God. Ugh, I don't really like any of this. I do not take Eckler. I'm not really taking Henry. Let's take Diggs. Let's build a digs team. I haven't built a digs team in a while, to be honest. So we're going to take digs at the 107. Uh, the draft, the normal five went first. Taylor, Chase, Cup, McCaffrey, Jefferson. For one second, I thought one of them might have fallen to us, but I forgot we were at the seven. And I saw Najee go, and I was like, ooh, 
maybe we're getting Jefferson. Maybe we're getting McCaffrey. Maybe people are getting real weird with it. But alas, no, we will start with Stefan Diggs, which I'm fine with. So, but getting back to that point of, is there any other situations that you guys see this with, like, in terms of teams having players where we're just overvaluing them completely? Like, there's, I think we're just overvaluing certain spots in the draft, overwishing, just overhyping. Because we know what they can do. And Josh Allen goes in the first round at the 12 spot. Which, hey man, everybody do their own thing. It's getting different. When you're at that 12 spot, if Josh Allen's the guy you want for a draft, you're not able to get him coming back in the third round, generally. So, do your thing. I'm not going to knock a guy for drafting the best quarterback in fantasy in the first round at the end, you know, if, if he's not going to come back to you, why not do your thing, build your teams weird. Let's get weird. We will be coming back on the clock and a couple more picks. Um, we see that 12 spot go with Josh Allen, Joe Mixon. I mean, again, I don't hate it. What he does with the rest of the team is what really matters, right? You can't really completely screw up the first two rounds right now. You'd have to super reach on a guy in order to do it. I don't think Allen is one of the guys that's going to screw it up. And we are on the clock, and I'm not even paying attention. Uh, so we took Diggs with Buffalo. Let's do... Saquon starting to jump off the board too. I've noticed uh, in a lot of drafts. I got him in the third on DK today though, which was fun. Let's grab Debo just for fun. I think Debo's another guy that could start shooting up the board if he signs his extension. Um, so, best ball moderate says I can't take Sutton and Gabe. They are really moving up in ADP. I agree that Sutton price is starting to get pretty, pretty expensive as well as Gabe Davis. I'm not taking a ton of Gabe Davis. We can check some of my exposures real quick after the draft. I don't think I have a lot of Gabe and whatever I do have might be from earlier in the off season. So that price point, and I get it. The thing about Gabe Davis is I do get it. I'm not one of the guys that's like, well, I don't understand. I mean, Josh Allen is going to throw the ball and at a <laughs> at a high rate in one of the best offenses in the in the NFL. Again, it's not just going to be Diggs that's getting supported here. So who's the other guy or other two guys? Historically, it's been the slot. So you could really make a case that it's going to be Crowder or Isaiah McKenzie somehow. Don't really think they bring Crowder in if they want to be McKenzie, but you can make that case. I know Knox is another guy that people are taking. I'm grabbing him here and there, especially if like I'm looking for a single stack with Josh Allen and I lose out on everybody else. And I'm not gigantic on Crowder, but I get it. I'd rather have Crowder on DK. Again, not very many guys that I'm looking at differently in the two, but 
overall, but you know, he's one of them. Him, Landry, guys like that that are going to catch, you know, eight to nine balls a game, it feels like, and never score a touchdown. So they're just offsetting that touchdown and full point PPR. Um, Saquon goes a little bit later than he has been in the drafts I've been in, especially on underdog. C.T. Higgins. C.T. Higgins is a guy that I'm not getting a lot of. And I like T. Higgins a lot. I think T. Higgins is overvalued, like, in terms of where he's getting drafted. And I know I'm, like, in the minority on that take, but I'd rather have any of these other wide receivers for the most part around him. A.J. Brown. I'm smashing A.J. Brown over T. Higgins every time. I'm also, like, there's going to be a video coming out maybe this week about my Jamar Chase exposure and what I'm doing with him. So another reason I'm not taking a ton of T Higgins is I have a lot more Jamar Chase than probably well, as, as much more Jamar Chase as you can than other people based on where he's being drafted. Cause I've been trying to grab him from the one spot, the two spot, the three spot occasionally, not every time just trying to mix up some teams. So that's what I'm doing with him. So it's, Limiting my T Higgins exposure because I really don't want to put my capital, my first two round capitals and wide receiver from the same team. Maybe that's naive thinking. I just personally don't enjoy that. And I've grabbed some mix in here and there. So one of the three bangles for sure is not going to live up to their ADP. I mean, they all might not, but there's no way the Bengals are going to sustain Three top 24 picks. They just can't. We're back on the clock. Um, Let's build. Let's do. Let's do a Pitts team. I need to probably up my exposure a little bit on Pitts because I do like him. He's one of the he's like the only Atlanta Falcon I do want to draft. And I've been kind of pushing him a little bit. But from this seven spot. When I'm looking at Michael Pittman, Pittman, Hollywood Brown, Jalen Waddle, all players that I like, I do like those players, but Pitts feels like he has the chance to be much more of a difference maker than those other guys. So, yeah, but T. Higgins, it, it, he's just one of those guys that I do. I like T. Higgins a lot. Probably will have a ton of T, T. Higgins in, best, in um, DFS this year. It might even be one of those weird things where I have way more Jamar Chase and best ball, and then when DFS comes around, I'm just smashing T. Higgins every week, and I'm not touching Jamar Chase. It it might be one of those weird you know juxtapositions that I'm just smashing the one guy in best ball, and then I'm just taking a ton of the other guy in DFS for the year just based on the differences of the game, right, the, the price point. When prices get released for week one, what do we think Jamar Chase is going to be at? you know, on DK, on FanDuel. He's going to be a top three wideout, most likely. I would assume the only person he's behind for sure is Cooper Cup. You know, I, I mean, so for me, it's like Justin Jefferson, maybe he's behind him, but they're going to be priced right around the same thing. Um, So we are on the clock again. So we can grab Judy. We can try to backdoor some sort of Mahomes team if we wanted to. Don't really like grabbing Herbert here without having one of the wideouts. Let's um, let's just do what I've been doing. Actually, let's grab Acres. 
Let's make that a pick. We were talking about acres. Let's build. Let's see what we can build around acres here. So we obviously miss out on Williams. We miss out on Keenan Allen. So those week 17 stacks, you know, the stuff on Diggs one, we're going to have to be looking at low, lower, you know, lower end Cincinnati's for that stack. San Fran, whatever. I mean, if I get an Oakland guy, I do. Are you guys going out of the way? I mean, I know I just had the shanty that that was talking about stacking week 17, but are you guys going out of your like completely out of your way to stack seven week 17? How far out of your way are you going to do it? Um, so you don't like Connors. I don't like Connors. I I understand it's probably blasphemy. Hear him getting talked up a ton. He had a great season last year. There's no doubt about it. He should theoretically have a better season with losing um, Chase Edmonds to Miami. Kind of the only guy, theoretically, from what we see at the moment in that backfield. But we're talking about a guy that historically has not stayed on the field. He's got to be up there in age. I don't know what his exact age is, but I'm guessing he's right around – 28 it's got to be close to it so we're talking about an already injury prone james connor who's getting older and what i don't understand other than where he's getting drafted right and i understand he catches a little more passes so i know they're not the same exact player but you're going to tell me that everybody hates derrick henry in the first round but we all love james connor when we're talking about older, slightly more injured players, and James Conner has a, probably a worse injury history than Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry is an absolute game changer in certain games. Doesn't matter who the defense is. That guy can just break off for 40 points against anyone, even with eight stacked in the box. Like, I mean, it's an easy pick if they're going next to each other. I understand there's the round differential, but, like, why do we love James Conner? I just – I. I will take Cam Akers 10 out of 10 times before I take James Conner, to be perfectly honest. It's just how I feel about that specific player. It's a player take. Um, and I'm leaning into some player takes. James Conner is one of them. I am not taking James Conner at his current ADP. I'm also a little worried about that Arizona offense. I am drafting, you know, some Kyler Murray here and there. I'm drafting one pass catcher for him, but – I don't know what that situation's completely going to be. Um, let's grab, let's grab Juju here. And I think that getting Juju in the fifth is fine. If we think that he's going to be the number one wide receiver in Kansas City, Allen Robinson might be a guy. I mean, we're not going to do this with this Cam Akers team. Allen Robinson might be one of the guys that we're undervaluing. He's so weird because, like, I can make a point that we're undervaluing him, and I could also make the same point that we're way overvaluing him in the fifth. But he's he's a guy that I don't really have any of, and I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm not going to sit here and, like, lie to you and say that, like, I have like a hard take on every single player and I'm doing the right thing on every player. And this is why certain guys, I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out what I should be doing with them. And Alan Robinson really fits that criteria for like, I just, dude, what do we do with Alan Robinson? 
if this guy is like Allen Robinson from two years ago and before that, he's a smash. And he's never had a good quarterback. And now we're getting Stafford. Oh, and he has Cooper Cup on the other side. Oh, and Tyler Higby right across the middle. Oh, and Cam Akers. Oh, one of the best offenses in the league. Allen Robinson might just absolutely feast. And then part of me is like, Allen Robinson might just be done. Um, so this is part of my point, too. So Samuel Shirley says, A-Rob seems like a like such a smash to me. OBG, OBJ, Jesus, can I talk? Um, oh, we're on the clock. Let's get back to this point in a second. So why don't we just grab one more of our undervalued guys? Let's grab. Let's grab Devonta Smith. So right now we have Cam Akers, Stefan Diggs, Debo, Juju, Devonta Smith, Kyle Pitts for our team. Um, let's get back to this point. Let's put that up there for you guys. So A-Rob seems like such a smash to me. OBJ signed in the middle of the year last year and was a TD machine. This is like part of my point here. Like, I probably don't have enough A-Rob, and it could be really, really bad. And should I course correct that now? He's a guy that – there's guys that I can look at and I can say, yep, feels like that guy is going to go up the draft – going to shoot up the draft board um, or whatever. Like, you know, like there's – there's so many guys like that. And um, I don't know what to say about Allen Robinson. Like, do we feel like he's going to shoot up? Do we feel like he could actually topple down a round or two? Like, where are we on Allen Robinson? GA says, A-Rob quit on a pathetic team last year. I think the 28-year-old sells in game. And that's that's where I'm coming from, too, like. I might just be way too low on A-Rob, and I might need to course correct that. But his price is already high, right? So he's a fifth rounder. Um, but like the, my other thought as we talk through this is if I do believe that OBJ is going to re-sign with the Rams, right? As soon as he signs with the Rams, clearly his draft stock goes up. Does A-Rob's drop? We know Cooper Cup's not going to drop. We know Tyler Higby's probably going to stay right around where he is just based on his position and, you know, he's already low. So if they sign OBJ, is that when you can start getting A-Rob in like the sixth round, the seventh round? Do we want to be grabbing him there? I mean, these are the thoughts that I start to have and I'm, and I'm like, I just don't know if I see him going higher than where he's going right now, I guess is my overall point. But the casual players are hard to predict when they start jumping in these lobbies late July, early August. They're excited to draft. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. They got Allen Robinson. I saw Allen Robinson play football with the Jacksonville Jaguars three years ago where he had the worst quarterback in the entire land. And guess what? He smashed every week. Anyways, oh, and then he went to the Chicago Bears where he also didn't have a quarterback. And guess what? He smashed again. So now he has Matthew Stafford. I'm absolutely taking Allen Robinson in the third round. Why is he so low on this list? You know, that's your casual player right there. And that's like the narratives that I'm trying to figure out in my head. Like, what do I want to do here? Uh, we're going to be back on the clock. 
and I see where I want to go. Um, we're going to grab Wilson. We talked him up. He was one of the guys we were talking about. So even though I didn't get Sutton or uh, Judy, I still think that we can build a decent team around him. I'm fine with pushing running back a little bit more. I can sort of like do some sort I feel fine doing like some sort of inverted hero RB with Cam Akers. And that's kind of my point. Like if I'm taking Cam Akers in the fourth, I'm kind of projecting him as a first to second round value. So don't mind heroing him. We are really big on this A-Rob discussion, right? Kevin McCarthy, A-Rob has burned me so many times, it's just hard to press the button, but you got to do it sometimes. Well, did he burn you so many times throughout his career, or did he burn you so many times last year? Because he, look, he cost me my my home league. I drafted Allen Robinson. I had the wide receivers of wide receivers. I had Diggs. I had Tyreek Hill. I drafted Allen Robinson. I got Jamar Chase late. And in my league, I could only start, I think I can start four if I really wanted to. doesn't matter. But I was starting him over Jamar Chase the first two to three weeks just because it's Allen Robinson. I drafted – the draft capital was huge. We didn't know what Jamar Chase was going to be. And if I had just won one more game in my league, which I would have done if I had Jamar Chase in, I would have had him. But my point overall, not to talk about my home league, is Allen Robinson burnt the shit out of me last year. But it was just last year. He's been pretty great every other year. Um, best ball moderate talking about the Rams. Says he has 0% cup. There's more weapons on that offense than last year. A-Rob, OBJ, healthy acres, 2-2. I don't hate that take um, as we are on the clock. So I love Christian Kirk, by the way. So we are going to grab Kirk. We'll do some scrolling, but... I love grabbing Christian Kirk as my fourth or fifth wide receiver. It's just, I don't know. I've fallen in love with him. Feel as though he's going to have a pretty productive year for the Jaguars. I feel like not a big Jags guy overall. But if one guy is going to smash on that team, I'm taking Kirk personally. But to get back to this um, take, I guess we're just going to talk about the Rams for a while, which is fine. We can do that. Uh, this 0% cup thing, I love it. I love it. Like, do I have 0% cup? No, but I just told you guys I was taking Chase over him in certain spots. I'm taking some Jonathan Taylor here. I'm taking some Christian McCaffrey. My cup exposure is probably pretty low, and I like it because you're indirectly, and I'm sure you're not overly, you're not fading cup. You're more so probably... Like, I just like the guys in the top five around him better. Like, for tell me if I'm wrong, best ball moderate, but if you were in a draft and Cup falls to you at five, I'm guessing you'll take him at the fifth, right? So if you want to throw that in the chat. While we're waiting for that response, Samuel says that he loves Kirk. ADP is too low just because he got paid too much. Yeah, I. so he's a guy that might rise up the board too, right? We might start getting some real big camp reports about him, and we might see him in a preseason game or two, and then Christian Kirk shoots up to the fifth round. So I'm trying to get all my Kirk exposure now because I just feel like his trajectory doesn't really go down as much as it's just going to go up. What are we looking at in that offense? I like Evan Ingram, but he's not a wide receiver. 
So in terms of the wide receivers, it's Christian Kirk, and then everybody else is fine there. You're just like, oh, he's okay. Marvin Jones, yeah. I mean, somehow he does it year after year. He has some big games for you. Um, so best ball moderate has gotten back. Says, yes, I think his ceiling isn't as high as the top guys. And I understand that. And that's why I think you need to, and I'm not saying I'm taking that stand, but I like respect it because you're taking a stand. And he says, if you're taking chase over cup, you're fading cup. No, I'm saying I'm not, I'm taking chase over cup sometimes. I'm not actively, like, if I get a top five pick, I'm not always trying to get Chase, but I'm sprinkling him in at different spots through the one through four, more so to get different exposures for my Chase, for my chase teams so that I'm getting a higher exposure than everybody else, than everyone on the field. Let's, uh, let's make our pick, and then we'll get back to this. Let's just, uh, let's just, talk, let's just take the guys we're talking about. Let's grab Damian Harris here. We talked about him. We said he's undervalued. We can get him here at the 103. His ADP is 93, so he's 10 spots past ADP to begin with. So let's grab Damian Harris, and uh, we'll just get everybody we talked about on this stream, huh? That's what we'll do. So we'll grab Damian Harris here, and we'll get back to this point. I'm not actively fading Cup. I'm still taking him here and there. My overall point with what I'm doing with Chase is I want a higher exposure to Chase than everybody else. And I think you can do this with almost any player. Well, you would more so be looking to do it with Jefferson or Chase, I would think, just because they're going the 4-5 or five and you're able to get them in different spots of the draft. We saw someone take Chase in the second, second overall here. But if you get the third, like every third time you get the third if you're taking Chase, right? Or every third time you get the first, you're taking chase. Now, most people aren't doing that. So now you're getting a different construction with Jamar Chase. Now you have more shots with Jamar Chase to make it further. And if he absolutely goes off in week 17, which is what he did last year, and I'm not doing it because he went off in week 17. I just think he has that upside per game to do that. Um, now you're your exposure rate is higher than everybody else's, which is hard to do with a guy in the top five. So in order to do it, you have to be fading some of these other top five guys, right? So am I fading, you know, quote unquote, Cooper Cup somewhat a little bit? I'm probably more so fading Justin Jefferson. And again, their video is going to come out this week about this. And it's not that I dislike Justin Jefferson. I love Justin Jefferson. I think he's a great player. But if I'm grabbing Jamar Chase at the four and the five every time, then I'm doubling my exposure to the field in general. And then when I'm grabbing them in the first, second, or third pick, one out of every three or every four, then I'm definitely making sure I double my exposure. My roster construction is a little bit different around that player. And it could kill me. Like, to be completely honest, it might absolutely murder me as well. Uh, let's see what we're looking at on the board here. Lots of running backs. Let's grab. I don't think I want Tim Patrick as my Chiefs comeback. Uh, let's grab Rondale. 
Yeah, let's grab Rondell Moore. I'm not big on Patterson either. I understand that like we would have got crazy value on him here, 15 rounds past ADP. But he's just not a guy that I like. He's sort of James Conner to me um, and the aspect that I'm fading him just because I just – also, I have Kyle Pitts. I do not want to Falcons on my team. So hopefully I explained my point on agreeing with best ball moderate on his Cooper Cup, you know, fading Cooper Cup, where I'm saying that I'm doing it not explicitly – I'm not fading Taylor. I'm not fading Cup. I'm not fading CMC. I'm more so fading Jefferson, which could completely bite me in the ass. I am well aware. Um, Kevin says, I think it's probably better to take some strong stands than completely balance out the portfolio. This is my point overall. And I think you can do it with guys later in the draft easier um, when we look at my exposures quick after this you're probably going to see somewhere around 40% MVS right now. So I'm taking a hard stance on MVS because I'm comfortable taking him ahead of where he's going, almost up to a full round, if it makes sense for my team. And not only that, sometimes you're getting him past where he's where he's going. Whereas like you, it's harder to take the big stands on the guys in the front end of the draft because they're just going to go. The the first round, I mean, obviously, the further you go in the draft, the easier it is. But it's harder to take the stands on the first round, guys. So I think you really, I think you should really be looking at that first round, personally, and just single out three guys. Just be like, I don't like Austin Eckler for reasons A, B, and C. I don't like Dalvin Cook for reasons A, B, and C. And I really like Jamar Chase. So what does this do for me? So now I know I'm not taking these two guys ever in the first round. And now I know that I want to get extra exposure on Jamar Chase. So you're completely taking a stand against two. You're taking a stand on one to to take. And you're making sure that you're getting more exposure on them, which is inversely getting your getting you negative exposure on the other players god i hope i under i know what i'm trying to say i hope it makes sense um this was not the talk i thought we were gonna have today but you know that's why we wing it so i really like madison here again i like madison a lot this year because i'm oh i do like galladay here too um Let's grab Madison. I think grabbing Madison is fine. I think I want to do that. Yeah, I kind of have an idea of what I want to do here. So we're going to grab Madison as our third running back. Again, I'm taking a relative stand against Dalvin Cook. I've taken a little bit of him. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm never taking him. He's fallen. There was a point where he was falling to me in a decent section of the second round where I was like, I can't not click on Dalvin Cook here. The value is just too good at this point. Um, But in general, I'm taking Travis Kelsey instead of him. I'm taking Devontae Adams. I'm taking Stephon Diggs. I'm taking um, some of the other running backs over him. There's other running backs I like in the second round better. I like Mixon better than I like Dalvin Cook, to be honest with you, just based on what I think that offense is going to do with Mixon. 
And I'm not really worried about the Dalvin Cook re- legal trouble anymore. I know that was a thing for a little bit, but that's not a concern as much anymore. And they might be throwing more. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from that Minnesota offense. They finally got rid of um, what's his name as their head coach, which they needed to do for a long time. So don't really know what to expect there. Um, But I just, he's getting, if we're playing the age thing, Dalvin Cook's getting older as well. Yeah. I like Madison. And this might be a big thing. This might be what I was talking about where I'm hoping for something, right? Where I'm hoping for Madison to be the guy instead of going into what the coaching staff is probably going to do, which is Dalvin Cook. But I think like the contingent value on Madison makes more sense than some of the other guys we've talked about. So I think what we're going to do here is I am just going to grab Trevor Lawrence right now and be done at quarterback. It's only a little bit of a scroll. Know where I already want to go again for my next pick that I'll be happy with. Excuse me while I drink water. It's been a long day. I am very parched. I don't know where everyone else is in the country, but Boston has decided that it is officially summertime, which is the worst. Summer sucks. I said it. Summer's the worst. And I cannot wait for it to be fall. And not just for football. But, yeah, I do not like being overly hot. I'd rather have winter. I'm one of those guys. Anyways, let's get back to this draft. Here's another point to the Rams thing. Van Jefferson. I mean, I'm not, like, worried about him taking targets from anybody. But my point being is just another mouth to feed in that offense. So what does that do for A-Rob? What does that do if Odell comes back? If Odell comes back, Jefferson just gets pushed out when when Beckham's ready, right? Like that's that's what you have to do with that offense. You have to run Cup, OBJ, Robinson, Higby. It just makes sense. The biggest inside joke I've ever said on this. Like three people would understand that joke. Um. While we're waiting, did everybody get a chance to check out this shanty that we released? That was a lot of fun to make. It is very cool to have friends that do artistic things. And my friend Jesse, who was in that video pounding on the frozen turkey, is a music producer. So I had an idea and I said, hey, Jesse. I have this idea. Can we make this happen? And we had it. We had a rough draft of it that I sent to Eric. And I was like, here's what I'm thinking. And he loved it. I went back and fixed some of the audio, make it make a little more sense, make it flow a little bit better. And then we just recorded the video, man. And it's a ton of fun. I love, I love having friends that are pretty cool like that that i can just call them up and be like hey let's go film this video but they are also my co-host for my other show so you know they're gonna get into that kind of stuff with me all the time all right so had a plan 
plans backfired. But what are we looking at here with Isaiah Spiller and Daryl Henderson? I mean, we already have Cam Akers. So I think that when we're getting Isaiah Spiller almost around past ADP, and like, again, I'm betting against Eckler, nothing against him. I think when you're the running back coming out saying that you're looking for more help this year, you're going to regress a little bit. And he's probably priced just a little bit too high if that happens. So they might give Spiller a chance and we might see it a little bit more later. But when I have Cam Akers and Damian Harris, I can take shots on Madison and Spiller and grab one or two more guys that I deem good enough to see the field a bit. Uh, Samuel says the shanty was excellent. Thank you very much. A lot of fun to make. Might not be the last musical thing we do. Have to kind of have to kind of think what direction we'd want to go with that. But maybe one more before the end of the summer, we might uh, produce one more thing musically. I think that's kind of like what we're trying to do at Spike Week. Doing the analytic stuff is a lot of fun. Like we like giving you the tools. I mean, if you haven't signed up for the Spike Week tools, by the way. $25 a month. What are you doing? They're great. Uh, you should definitely be doing that. I'm not going to pull mine up after this because I have to get out of here relatively fast after this draft. So we're just going to look at some exposures through underdog. But yeah, I mean, if you're not doing the tools, come on. They're just immensely, immensely helpful for a pretty cheap price. But my overall point here is Eric and myself like doing the serious stuff, talking about structures and week 17 and all that stuff it's fun it's 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 we're putting together a puzzle right i think that's why we like best ball we all like games of skill i would assume we all like puzzles we like trying to solve things so that's what we're doing with best ball but we also want to have fun my favorite content creators and not just in the fantasy space also have fun they don't just sit there and lecture you and that's not a dig on anybody in general. Um, where do we want to go here? Let's grab Alec Pierce. I'm not getting enough Alec Pierce, I feel like. So let's grab Alec Pierce. And then I do have an idea for the comeback. Um, but yeah, the, my overall point here is what I'm saying a lot today. My overall point, that's going to be the name of the show, is I like content creators that have fun. And I know not everybody's into that. We see it all the time. Um, ship chasing just got blasted by a guy because these guys come in and they talk like friends for 10 minutes. It's like, yeah, great. Now I get to know who I'm listening to, right? I get to understand the friendship dynamic, how these guys interact with each other. Ship chasing is great. They tell you a ton of stuff. They have a like they, you know, not to just sit here and promote another show, but Pete, Corain, Gretch, great guys. Very fun to watch. Great dynamic. Good friendship. You see it come through the screen. It's it's genuine. It's not manufactured. And they're a lot of fun. Why wouldn't you want to watch that? You gotta you you're upset because you wait 15 minutes to get into a stream. I mean, into a draft, come on. Like we need, I like to know, I like to 
be entertained by the guys I'm watching. But also, when you watch ship chasing and Gretch is telling you why he likes something or Pete's telling you why he likes something for a structure fit or Karain's freeze framing and dropping off or whatever he does. Um, no, Karain's great. Um, you're still learning, but you're having fun, right? And I understand there's some people that just want to be lectured, just read through, read to from a, um, from a history book. But I don't think that's the approach we're going to be taking here at Spike Week. Apologies if that's what you're looking for. But we do think that we can give you a healthy balance of fun and fun and legitimate, you know, strategy talk as well. So I took Ingram because I like to set up this double stack for Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm really not setting up this stack for Russell Wilson, am I? So let's run through the team real quick. We have Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Cam Akers, Damian Harris, Alexander Madison, Isaiah Spiller, Stefan Diggs, Debo, Juju, Devonta Smith, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Alec Pierce, Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram. So we're done at quarterback. We're done at tight end. We're going to grab more, one or two more running backs. Um, we have to target a specific wide receiver late, you know, hint, hint, if you're drafting with me, who I'm going to be going for. And if you stay on you're just mean. It's just a mean thing to do. I don't steal your guys. Oh, here to go. I forget where I'm drafting. He's like so much further back on um, Hamler just went. Ah, Blumpelspeen. Blumpelspeen. It would be you, Blumpelspeen, with your red badge stealing my stack. That's fine. That's fine. Kevin says, free freeze frame, Korean. We try, man. We try. It's just that stuff. It's a tough scene. Very, very tough scene. We're on the clock. Why don't we... Ooh, I kind of like Gus Edwards. Daryl Williams. Way past ADP. Um, let's grab Gus Edwards. That offense should be running a ton this year. And he could be a steal at the late at the end of the 16th round right now. So let's take Gus Edwards, grab him, maybe done that running back. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the 18th round. Do like Wandale too. He was another guy I was looking at. Wouldn't have hated him. Um, yeah, so we'll look at some exposures after this. I can't wait to see which guys are going to be rising heavily from like this 15th to 18th round range. It's got to be all the the wide receivers that aren't on the team. Like that's just the bet I'm making. Like I said, I'm just taking these guys now because once they sign, like what situation do you see Julio Jones going to that he doesn't move up the draft board? Because he's not going to, unless he retires. That's like the caveat. But if he signs with a team, he's not, He's not signing with the Houston Texans, right? I can't, like, that would be sad. Would that be, like, the saddest thing ever if Julio's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just really excited to sit here and play for the Houston Texans this year. We really have a shot at the Super Bowl. It's like, what a fall. 
what a fall that that dude had to go play for the Texans. So I don't think that happens. I mean, Green Bay makes a lot of sense. Tampa's starting to make more sense for them to get another guy, especially a guy like Julio or I don't really think OBJ makes sense because he's hurt. So I, I think Julio to Tampa wouldn't shock me. It's another reason I'm like kind of scared about Russell Gage at the moment with how much he's raise, rising up. Because once they sign Julio, Russell Gage just whew, falls right down and you can grab, and you're just going to be able to grab Russell Gage like three or four rounds past where he's going right now, probably again, where you were getting him, you know, a month ago. He'll be right back to. So. Uh, best ball moderate says he thinks McKinnon could shoot up if there's any CEH FUD. Yeah, I can see the McKinnon, McKinnon thing. That makes sense. How is no one taking Daryl Williams yet, by the way? Like, that's kind of mind-blowing. We're, we're almost – we're 40 picks past ADP on him. Jeez. I don't even – like, I like him better than I like James Conner, just – in terms of what I think could happen there, but that's crazy. I don't even know if I like Daryl Williams. I mean, they got the rookie there that they're going to be looking to get some work in late in the season. I don't really need an early season guy. Wide receivers probably. What do we got for wideouts here? I don't really want to onslaught Jacksonville. Um, I'm fine with the straight double stack on Trevor Lawrence. I'm fine with that. Let's take Odell. We talked about it. I think our wide receiver core is strong enough that when we have Diggs, Debo, Juju, Devonta, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, and Alex Pierce, you know, we can take Odell and hope that he gets healthy later in the year. I don't think it's a bad, a terrible pick. I mean, we're taking him for for the playoffs, basically. We're hoping this team sneaks through, gets to the playoffs. Um, what are we looking at for running backs? James Robinson's an interesting guy. I'm not taking him, but I've seen him go 15th round, and I've seen him not get drafted. Very... Very big in between on James Robinson. Miss McKissick makes sense for some teams to me. Maybe not our current one. Maybe. Chris Evans is a lot of fun. Captain America. It's almost the 4th of July. And I'll tease it now on Friday. I think you'll find out what we're doing tomorrow. Me and Eric are going to be doing a very special stream on Friday. And it's going to start a theme of shows that me and Eric are doing together. I mean, I'm not super excited about it for my own health and safety is what I will tease. But that's that's where we'll go with this. I I think you're going to enjoy it, though, especially this Friday. So you'll be seeing, I think you'll see the uh, thumbnail come out tomorrow. We'll start promoting it tomorrow. But we're going to have a lot of fun on Friday. You guys more so than me, more so than Eric. It'll be be a good time. So there's the little teaser for that. 
So do I want to go with six running back? I think I want to take Evans. We have Diggs. We'll make Evans our bring back just in case something happens to Mixon. We hit on one of these running backs and Akers and Harris stay healthy, then we're in great shape. So let's grab Chris Evans. We'll run through our team. Um, I can roast a few teams real quick if anybody's in the draft with us. So quarterbacks are Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, running backs, Cam Akers, Damian Harris, Alexander Madison, Isaiah Spiller, Gus Edwards, and Chris Evans. Wide receivers, we have Diggs, Debo, Juju, Devonta Smith, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Alec Pierce, OBJ, and then we have Kyle Pitts and Evan Ingram for a 2682 build, which I think is pretty much the that's got to be the standard, right? Or are we just in a bubble that that's the standard to me? Are people going more with a, a seven wide receiver build in general, do you think? Still seeing Gronk get drafted here. Don't hate it in the 18th round. He could come back. All right, so I haven't seen anyone looking for their team to get roasted, so we'll let the draft fail. Let's, let's go to completed. Um, so we got 33 entries in Best Ball Mania. I'm a little behind where I want to be. We had 61 on the regular puppy. That 12 person is obviously the Royal Rumble. So let's look at some exposure overall. And then we can kind of look at my best wall mania exposures if you want. So, like I said, MVS is my highest exposed at 40%. I got Devonta Smith at 34. Dearness Johnson, I got at 33%. OBJ, I told you I'm smashing these older guys that aren't on teams right now because I fully expecting to pull back dj chark i did not expect to be one of my higher owned wide receivers but here we are let's just go position by position i'm grabbing a ton of mahomes i'm grabbing a lot of the higher end guys here so got mahomes wilson lamar jalen hurts i probably want more hurts than i have kyler josh allen's tough i want more josh allen but i think we know what that situation is trey lance blah. Running backs, Dearness Johnson, Alexander Madison, Ron, Ronald Jones. So you can see, I think just by looking at my exposure to running back, you can kind of tell the builds that I'm doing more. I want more Javonta Williams. So I thought I had more of him than I do. And I've been um, shy on pulling the trigger on him. So now that I'm looking at my exposures, because I haven't looked at him in like a week, and I have fired a few more teams, that I am going to start – Probably actively trying to take more Javonta Williams um, overall. Wide receivers, we've hit on the top three, four guys. Mechie, Julio, yeah, so like these are all the guys. So let's try to find – so Jamar Chase I have at 16%, right? Just to go to the point I was making earlier. So although he's not in my top 10 wide receivers, to get 16% of Jamar Chase is not super easy to do because of where he's being drafted. Most people are going to have him theoretically at, what, 8%. So I'm doubling what most people probably have him at right now or close to it, and I still want this number to be higher. I'm trying to get 
closer to 20% on Jamar Chase. So some of my earlier picks coming up, I'm probably going to grab Chase here and there. Um, so just to prove my point on Jefferson, so my Justin Jefferson exposure is 5.4%. Basically, I'm only grabbing Justin Jefferson when he falls past Chase. So like if I get the fifth pick and Chase goes fourth, then I'm taking Justin Jefferson. That's kind of how I'm still going to have some exposure to him. Let's look at strictly the best ball mania. So, you know, doesn't change too much. I mean, everything's going to be pretty consistent overall. Where are we at with Chase? 15%. So, again, a little lower than I want. So, I'm going to be looking at grabbing more. I definitely need to grab more Chase overall. I just think it's, I just think I need to be looking at more of him, to be perfectly honest. Anyways, guys, that is going to do it for Spike Week tonight. Thank you for joining us for this conversation, this draft. And uh, again, you'll be seeing more streams throughout the week, and we'll have that special one on Friday. Until then, we bid you adieu. And I didn't press and broadcast because I'm the worst. <laughs>